0: the more stressed you are, the less you produce stomach acid and the more salt you require and the more dehydrated you become and the more stressed you get. (laughs) And it's a Mm -hmm. circular thing, which is why people spiral.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to the Digest This Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Cameron, and today I have Tim Gray on the show. Tim is a dedicated health-optimizing biohacker, a psychology specialist, entrepreneur, and global speaker. He's known as the UK's leading biohacker due to his detailed tracking of more than 35 plus biomarkers per day, is frequently in the mainstream media regarding practical, tactable, and immediately applicable health hacks. We talk about hormone regulation, stress, and Tim shares his top five biohacks that you do not want to miss. Every single one of them is crucial. But before we get into this episode, shout out to Michelle Winslow who wrote podcast number 52. Wow. I said out loud as I was driving to work, blown away with Stephen Cabral in regards to UTIs. Thank you for asking the question about garlic clove of where to put it, LOL. You are my go-to person. Thank you for sharing. Thank you so much, Michelle, for that review. And I am so glad episode 52 spoke to your heart and was super educational for you. I always love reading your reviews. And if you haven't yet, I always encourage you to rate and review the podcast. That helps me get this podcast into more ears and essentially change more lives. Hey guys, I actually need to tell you that if you're not subscribed to my newsletters, They come out every Friday and they're called Friday Finds. This is information that only my subscribers get in their inbox. I share new food finds I don't share on Instagram, food news, food trends, and products that aren't even on the market yet, but I've got the scoop. I also share special discounts and other recipes throughout the week. Again, only to my newsletter subscribers. This is not published anywhere else and cannot be found on my blog. I do not and never have shared any of your information. This is just another way to stay connected. So be sure you're in the know and subscribe to my weekly newsletters by going to littlesipper.com slash subscribe and enter your email. That's it. So pause this episode and go to L-I-L-S-I-P-P-E-R dot com slash subscribe. Multiple studies point to a link between dehydration and a higher risk of anxiety and depression. And if you have low levels of electrolytes, it can cause anxiety or panic-like symptoms. Some of the most common causes of electrolyte imbalance are due to fluid loss. Adding electrolytes is a great way to replenish and rebalance your body, mind, and mood. However, most electrolyte drink mixes contain added gums, sugars colors, and even added oils. I'm really picky about what goes into my body. So that's why I choose Elements Raw Unflavored Electrolyte Mix. Elements Unflavored Version contains a science backed electrolyte ratio of salt, magnesium, and potassium. Those three simple ingredients are in their raw unflavored packs. So whether you just finished a workout or sauna session, or just need to hydrate for your mental health. Element is formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs and is perfectly suited for those following a keto, low carb, vegan, or paleo diet. And right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single serving packets free with any Element order. Element also has a no questions asked refund policy. So if you try it, don't like it, they will give you your money back guaranteed, no questions asked. So you have nothing to lose. Just go to dot com slash digest to get this amazing offer. Thank you so much, Tim, for coming on the show today. It's great to have you. Thanks for having me. I want to talk a lot about biohacking, what it is, because I think still a lot of people are unaware of what in the world is biohacking. But first of all, go ahead, introduce yourself and tell us how you even got into biohacking in the first place.
0: Biohacking is, by definition, from Dave Asprey, who's the father of biohacking, the Um, art and science of optimizing the environment inside of you and outside of you to take control of your biology. Now what that means is essentially adjusting your environment, i.e. removing household toxins, having lower EMF, being more in nature, having cleaner air, and um, the environment outside of you. Because obviously we know this is what affects uh, our genes, gene expression very much. And then inside of you, i.e., the things that you're putting in or your chemical processes, such as supplements, food, and everything else. So really, it is, in simple terms, optimizing your health using the most up-to-date stuff.
1: Okay. And what got you into biohacking?
0: It's a good question. In 2010, 2011, I started getting ill. And I was a busy business guy running a couple of companies, doing 16, 18 hour days, Mm -hmm. thinking I was traditionally healthy, exercising, eating well, et cetera. Um, And I started getting ill, bloating, kidney stones, brain fog, anxiety. Um, Then I had to go on antibiotics for many months and um, my health deteriorated. And the system just said, we can't find anything wrong with you other than the symptoms that you're having, such as kidney stones. And this went on for about a year where I was super stressed because you know I'd gone from operating pretty a high level and uh, had lots of staff relying on me to not being able to leave the house. Um, And being, I think, as an entrepreneur or a business owner, it's always about solutions, not about problems. It's like, what's the problem? How do we figure out the best way around it? So I started after the doctors told me there's nothing we can find, you know, other than these bad results. We don't know what to tell you. I started researching myself, basically. And um, that was from you know, liver flushes to gut cleanses to juice diets to trying vegan diet and everything in between, supplements, left, right, and center, researching forums. This is before Instagram was really, you know, big with any health influences, I guess, and the functional medicine wasn't quite a thing at the time. So I really relied on forums and what people were talking about and um testing loads of stuff. And I realized that. A lot of the things that the doctors said, we don't know why this happens, or well, there are actually ways of fixing it, and not just taking the medicine that they prescribe, or you know, sending you home depressed. And I started noticing more and more patterns of, you know, really just mapping my symptoms out on the wall on post-it notes and, fil- you know, figuring out what the root cause was. Which, you know, today we know this is root cause medicine and uh, whatnot. So. I just kept on going. <laughs> um, my health, I improved significantly. I always thought I knew a lot, but never knew enough and kept on going and going and going. Um, started seeing patterns and started talking about what I was doing. Um, fast forward five years, then I heard about Bulletproof Coffee and Dave Asprey, and that there was a whole load of crazy people like me out there that were let's say addicted, addicted to health. There's worse things to be addicted to. Um and um went from there, really. I uh, then found about hyperbaric oxygen therapy and how amazing that was for health. So I opened a clinic in London, which I later went on and sold. Um, and then I founded the Health Optimization Summit, which is basically bringing all of the speakers, authors, scientists, brands, everything into one place in London from around the world once a year. That's basically
1: how I got into it, and where I'm at. What an amazing story. I've seen the before pictures too of when you were just not feeling well and feeling sick. And I mean, you look amazing. I know people are just listening right now, but I can see you on a screen and you look great. You look healthy. And it's, I feel like a lot of people can relate to your story and the fact that, you know, they're having so many health issues and they've tried everything. They've gone vegan, they've gone low carb, low fat, high fat. I mean, it's just, you know, they tried everything, taking out grains, taking out dairy and just different things like that. And they're, they're looking, they're trying to be their own health advocate. You know, how long did that take you from, you know, being super ill and sick to, to where you're like, wow, I I've made it. I've come out of this.
0: Mm, probably four or five years, maybe more. And I mean, I, I still consider myself to be working on things, you know, we
1: we all everyone,
0: are. <laughs> yeah, everyone seems to. You know, I'm not in my 20s anymore, so I'm not just going out and getting drunk seven nights a week and still expecting to operate uh, perfectly. But I'm always working on something, whether it's cognition, and I guess I've become hypersensitive to my body, so I know when it's off. Also, I have the Aura Ring these days, which tells me if I've, you know, if I've slept well, if my heart rate is good, and my heart rate variability score, and things like that. So, you know, there are diagnostics I have which don't own me. And tell me how I feel. I know how I feel, and then check the data because it can actually become uh, quite controlling for some people. But yeah, it took four, probably four or five years of figuring stuff out on my own before I really, you know, started getting momentum, proper momentum. Um, because I, I was really, you know, chronically fatigued, and doctors just said, "Oh, there's nothing about chronic fatigue," you know, and, and I had bloating and thrush and all these things and the doctor said we don't believe in candida unless you've got hiv and i definitely didn't have Uh hiv you know there's just basically the the system's stuck um and then the fast, you know from the five-year point i learned a lot of things and um i learned that the more i learned (laughs) the less i actually knew and the devil is in the detail and there's actually a, a an image i have on instagram of me at 32 me at 39 i think it is mm. and then at 43 and you know the beginning is when i knew i i didn't even know i didn't know anything and i was you know inflamed sick burning in the sunlight in five minutes flat and then you know at 38 39 where i was considered healthy and plenty of energy and everything but really super skinny because i was listening to the wrong mentor or should i say the wrong guru about what to eat thinking that you know what worked for him worked for me um and then realizing you know the devil is in the detail and everyone's individual and while we have heuristics of how we all operate quite similarly we do actually have different outcomes from these things and um then i refined it in the following three or four years where i consider myself to be today but i'm you know always looking for the last one percent that doesn't mean i'm not enough i just always want to be a little bit better
1: and that's how we all should be. We always want to be a little bit better than we were before. And that's actually quite encouraging for those and for anyone on a health journey, I feel like everyone is, is that, you know, it doesn't take two months. It, It can take literally years, like you said, to really feel a difference. And it all depends too on how sick the person was prior, you know, as opposed to where they can get to, to optimization. So um, that's great encouragement for anyone listening. If you don't see results in two months, keep going. You know, it can take it can take time, so just be patient. And I did see that that photo on your Instagram too. I also saw a photo on your Instagram, and it said "habits killing your testosterone." Can you explain what are the habits killing your testosterone or hormones in general?
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, to be honest, <laughs> most things <laughs> in our environment seem to be these days, to be quite honest. Um, for instance, the, the the number one cause of um, testosterone drop in men specifically is stress. Now, I have a colleague, friend, um, that measured his testosterone every single day for a month. And basically... If he was stressed, it tanked it to almost nothing. If he had sex, it depleted it a little bit, but nothing major. Um, you know, there was various other things on the short term, day-to-day, that made a difference to the, the testosterone levels, mainly, mainly stress on the immediate um you know, the immediate issues. Longer term, however, obviously, um, there are things like eating processed foods, because um, for instance, when sunlight hits our skin, it um, basically converts our, the fats that we have, uh, cholesterol, into our hormones. So if you're not having good fats and you're not having enough natural light, that doesn't mean necessarily direct sunlight, you're not going to be converting your fats into the hormones correctly in different ratios so also if we don't have light exposure correct light exposure and we're expo- and we're exposed to junk lights such as flickering led lights in your house or you know strip lights in the kitchen or whatever this also interrupts how our hormones um are produced wearing sunglasses is a big killer of testosterone or all hormones imbalances in general um one thing that uh study was done on was wearing polyester underwear in men which was almost 100 percent effective in killing um, fertility actually wow. which so it's a big testosterone killer things like coffee also affects uh, t- testosterone too much drugs and alcohol um, another immediate one is you know having poor sleep so if you're not sleeping well you know As we all know, you only have to go one evening with a little less sleep and you're a little bit more grumpy and a little bit more on high alert and a little bit more, uh, not anxious, but easily triggered, I would say. And, you know, if you do this chronically by half an hour, an hour over a period of a month or your life even has a massive impact which is why, you know, for instance, it down-regulates our immune system. It means that we're not producing our hormones correctly. Then we go on holiday for two weeks. <laughs> we get plenty of sunlight. We get plenty of grounding. We de-stress. We switch off from the world and we stop looking at our emails. Um, and our body starts healing and we start feeling good and we start getting our libido back and blah, 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 blah. So all of these things contribute um, over a period of time, but some are immediate killers such as obviously lack of sleep and stress.
1: Wow, yeah. I mean, stress can do a number on the body. I feel like that's literally like the number one killer because it does stem other illnesses. Can you share a little bit of good practices to de-stress?
0: The obvious one is changing your environment because to put it to the extreme, if you're in a war zone, you're going to be stressed. Um, That is just obvious point number one.
1: Is that like literally moving to a new house? Is it rearranging your furniture? Like,
0: <laughs> Good question. Basically, your environment is the number one. Okay. And if you move from a stressed place to a non-stressed place, you will de-stress, obviously. Details such as toxic relationships. So for instance, a partner that's stressed, for instance, that might be taking out on you. I appreciate people have circumstances where they can't necessarily change things due to fi- finances and things, but you know, trying to de-stress uh, or remove yourself from friendships, Um, or toxic relationships that are constantly negative or bringing you down. This is a stressor. Also, meditating is probably the biggest fix of all, in all honesty. I mean, I'll share something from my journey here. I have been a very physical biohacker and mental biohacker in terms of fixing cognition and fixing immune. Those have really been my niches for quite some time. Meditation really was never my bag. And I had a 100 different devices reach out to me and ask me to meditate using their device and promote them and this stuff. I could never quite you know, get to grips with it. There's a couple of devices I like these days, like Sensate device is quite nice, um, which gets me into a meditative state. But actually, I read a book called The Morning Miracles, and it teaches you to set your day up. And, you know, based on savers is what the, the term is. And it starts off with silence, silence. For you just to sit in silence no meditating no thinking no nothing at all just sit there in silence you know and i saw my friend do this once and he's a very successful business dude and he was just sitting there and if i said something or any anything around him happened he just sat there with his eyes closed he didn't he didn't move his eyes he didn't open his eyes or whatever until you know 10 minutes have passed and I'm just like he's in such a place where he's not afraid of the threats in the environment around him because he's feeling safe right now I wonder what's coming up for him. And uh, we discussed it later on about what coming up for him. And he just sits there in silence. And whatever came up, came up. Now, the morning miracles teaches you to do silence just to be silent. And I realized that in that silence every day, it was a time where I just had no interactions with anything, no phone, no people, no nothing. And things came up. And I naturally found that sometimes I wanted to go longer, 15, 20, 25 minutes sometimes, which is just mind boggling for me. And then I realized that I could reflect inward every day and think about the things from my previous day that had affected me negatively or things that had triggered me. And then I started asking myself, why did that trigger me? Or why did that affect me negatively? Or why did that stress me out? And then started really paying attention to the things that were making me a non awesome human. And actually, those situations, and every day it comes up. Every day I sit and reflect on the previous day for a 10 minute session. And I find that when I've thought about it and unpacked it and understand those emotions, next time it happens, it doesn't trigger me. I just smile and I'm dealing with them. And I think for stress, it's exactly the same situation. Like, for instance, if I miss the train, just about to jump on the tube and it goes before I get there, and I get stressed because I'm going to miss my appointment, the next day I'll sit and reflect, why did that stress me out? Mm. It's like, well, actually, I don't want to be late. I don't want the person to be upset with me for being late. Then they're disappointed oh, what does that say? If I care about whether they're disappointed, why can't I just message them and say, I'm sorry, I missed my train or whatever. Then I realized actually, this is about me. <laughs> and then I learned to let go of those stresses and I became much happier. And the moment I became much happier and reflected on these things, actually, a lot of the stresses vanish. In fact, I feel, you know, it's pretty difficult for things to break through that these days occasionally something catches me out and the next day I reflect on it and it never happens again. So it's almost like a constant guided missile, always re re lining up to get you to the point of where you want to be. And, you know, I think the final piece of the puzzle here was actually I heard um, a podcast or something or other somewhere. And it said, are you the man that you would want your daughter to date? <laughs> right. Mm. <laughs> Super interesting question. Cause thinking about that, it's like, no, not quite. Why? What is there about me that I need to be better with as a human? And this isn't about dating. This is about literally about me as a human. Mm -hmm. And I sat down and listed these things out of how I could be better. And then in my silence, I do it. So the point is, is these things all come together in terms of day-to-day stresses, learning to meditate without meditating, just being in silence, reducing the stress so much so that my testosterone comes up naturally. I feel so much happier and life flourishes. And this happens very quickly. So if someone hasn't got 10 minutes a day to sit and be in silence, 10 minutes, even if they've got a family, everything. If they can't separate 10 minutes of their day, they're always going to be stressed. They're never going to resolve it. And I think it's probably one of the most fundamental biohacks you can ever do.
1: That was powerful. So many of us today, we're never just sitting in silence. We have our phones with us. We're looking at stuff on the screens. We're listening to music. We're watching YouTube on our phones or scrolling. And it's hard to, to kind of unplug when so many things are just at our fingertips and at our access. And that is, I think one of the major, I guess, quote, quote stressors is having so much access where we can't just sit still in silence. That's a huge point. A few other stressors could be obviously toxic chemicals in your home that stresses out the body and the food you eat. I mean, if you're eating the wrong food, that's a huge stressor on the body.
0: It is. I mean, the interesting thing is, is the more stressed you are, the less you produce stomach acid and the more salt you require and the more dehydrated you become and the more stressed you get. (laughs) And it's a Mm -hmm. circular thing, which is why people spiral. And food is important, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm like, it's super important. But I think until you've recognized that the psychological aspect of, you know, people say it's placebo, for instance, some things are placebo. Well, that's great. That's That's the body's natural way of healing without anything. It's fantastic. You know, food is super important, for sure. Like, if you want better mental health, eating processed foods that have... Low low in proteins, um, which obviously go on to be aminos and precursors to neurotransmitters, which equals brain power and you know happy chemicals. You know, all these things have a knock-on effect, but you have to realize that the psychological element controls the rest of the body, whether it's automatic or not. The more stressed you are, the higher your heart rate, the worse your digestion. The worse your digestion, the less nutrients you get from your food. So if you're eating poor food, you're gonna be even lower, you know food choices such as organic fruit and veg, clean organic grass fed meat, wild caught fish, raw dairy, if you have any re- filtered and remineralized water. I mean, that's basically everything you need to live and more. And um, I think that that's a given. Everyone talks about diet. And you know, while I talk about a little bit of things like what to avoid, don't have too much peanut butter, don't drink Coca-Cola and all, <laughs> all the standard stuff, until you recognize that how the mind has a connection to the rest of the body, because it is one thing, even though traditional medicine would tell you otherwise, it's, it takes t- in a reductionist manner. You have to understand that you need to take at least 10 minutes a day to be at peace. We, we're using our mind more than our body instead as our ancestors that use their body more than their mind. And we need to balance that ratio out if we are to be less stressed and more happy, have uh, better digestion, better health all around. So that's how we flourish, and we do actually flourish in nature, less stressors.
1: Many of you listening are probably already aware that I co-created the digestive support protein powder by NuZest back in 2018, and it's been their top three seller ever since. Why? Because it actually works and benefits the digestive system. Countless of my Instagram followers have told me they can't go a day without it, and myself included. Unlike other vegan protein powders, mine is made without stevia, fake sweeteners, gums, or natural flavorings, which are commonly found in not only protein powders, but in so-called gut support products. And let me tell you, these additives can really wreak havoc on our digestive system. Plus, I also included a specific probiotic scientifically proven to fight off candida and support the gut within the powders. So you're not only getting clean protein powder, but also things that actually support the gut, as well as L-glutamine, which helps restore the gut lining. My digestive support protein is vegan, vegan, paleo, and keto-friendly, as well as suitable for those on a candida or diabetic diet. It is also glyphosate-free and contains no gluten, grains, or lectins. And if you want to grab a tub and start your journey to a healthier and happier gut, and ultimately happier life, go to newsest.us/digest. For a discount and experience what countless others have and live without the digestive discomfort again go to n-u-z-e-s-t dot us slash digest speaking of digestion let's talk about intermittent fasting for a second what does it do for the body and what does it do for digestion specifically?
0: Fasting is a very interesting thing and it's very popular right now. Some people say they fast for days, they water fast, they dry fast. Intermittent fasting is just eating naturally, in my opinion. Our ancestors, and it's slightly different for men and women, and I will cover that caveat in a second. But if you think ancestrally, we wouldn't have fake light, we would have campfire, We'd hunt during the day, we would sleep at night. We wouldn't sit up until two or three in the morning unless we were watching over the tribe, Okay, which some people can do night shifts. The thing is, is if you think about for men for a second, we are historically speaking, and it's controversial, I understand, the protectors. We are the fighters. And the females are the nurturers for um, looking after and feeding the kids. The men are the ones to go and collect the food generally. And I'm not saying it's in every case, this is in my mind this is the traditional way now men can fast pretty much for 18 hours a day uh, because they would perhaps leave the camp they would go off and hunt they would chase they would run they'd have lots of exercise they would kill the animal or collect the food and bring it back to the cave and the the family would cook it together and eat the family would have a store of food in the cave or near them that they would constantly be able to eat which is why men can eat in a 12 to 18 hour window women that you know, fast too much, actually their hormones go all over the place. And, um, you know, we see this many, many times. I've seen this in multiple tests, multiple tests and like hundreds of people have attested to the same thing. They start losing their periods. They're not ready to make babies. You know, they don't flourish anymore. So I think intermittent fasting actually is, as our ancestors ate. When food was available, some from a store, men generally ate less in in terms of a bigger window, a smaller window than women. And what happens when the body is, is when you're fasting is it's, the digestion is using that energy to repair the body, but the nutrients are going to repair the body. It actually takes up a lot of energy, the body using the processes to digest the food, to get the energy in the first place. So the more food, the more time your body is processing food, the more energy you are using to process that food. So it gives the digestive system a chance to do its thing. It gives the body a chance to actually repair. So I'll show you how this comes up in the data, for instance. If you eat within two, three hours of bed, your blood glucose will be raised throughout the night. Now, there are exceptions to this as well, where people actually need to have sugar in their blood when they go to bed because you know they're, stressed, they're in a stress state and their body wakes them up by mobilizing glycogen in the middle of the night. And they wake up because their blood sugar is too low. There are exceptions. However, If you go to bed not having eaten for four hours before bed your blood glucose is lower through the night on the assumption you're healthy and happy your deep sleep would be deeper your REM sleep would be better longer and you will sleep more rested your body will be detoxing and doing critical repair through the night instead of digesting food what also happens if you eat within four hours of bed is your blood glucose is obviously higher through the night and your body then stores that as fat whereas if you eat and then go for a walk your blood glucose levels come down, you use that much better, and you lose weight. There was actually a study done on rodents by Dr Sachin Panda and his team in the circadian code this this book comes from who was a speaker at our conference last year. What they did was they gave they had two sets of rodents, one that was given as much food as they could eat around the clock, another set that was given as much food as they could eat within a window and I think it was seven or eight hours exactly the same amount of food they ate. <laughs> just in timing. The rats that had it within a specific window lost weight. The ones that ate all day, every day put on weight. Same food, and it wasn't quality food. Same food, different timing, lost weight, gained weight, and I'm talking fat. So this is why intermittent fasting and fasting specifically is great. However, if you are a skinny dude like me, and you're already at the time, say 59 kilos, drinking lots of bulletproof coffee, which is high in fat that stops you getting hungry, and Um, stop and while your calories may be up um, and everyone will say, you know, if you're in a calorie surplus, you'll put on weight. It's a calorie deficit, you'll lose weight. This is not true. I I was having way too many calories and I was losing weight because I was never hungry to eat proper nutrient dense food. So I actually stayed at 59 kilos. And this is when I thought I knew everything. I was losing weight and I couldn't put on weight and I was skinny and I looked super ill. And then when I started eating the right foods at the right times, I actually dropped bulletproof coffee altogether in the end just because it's better for people that need to lose weight. And my body started flourishing. My immune system was better. My energy was better. My mental clarity was better. My body just seemed to repair better. My hair grew faster. My nails grew faster. I was vibrant again. So what you eat is less important than the timing you eat, although they are both very important.
1: So, so interesting. Yeah, so many takeaways from that. And <clears throat> I know you had touched on this previously, but is intermittent fasting for everyone?
0: Yes and no. It's for everyone, in my opinion, um, that they should eat the same amount of food potentially in a smaller window per day. Yes. But if you do have health issues going on and you're waking in the night, I would I would dig deeper first before trying it. So it might not be the right time, but it would be, you know, the right person at some point. Mhm.
1: It's all individualized, yeah.
0: And, and like, I don't like sweeping statements, but unfortunately we have to talk to the majority and we can't talk to every minority in you
1: know? it. Right. Now, let's talk about detoxing the body for a second here. And if someone is toxic, they're feeling toxic, specifically Detoxing from mercury and lead poisoning. Uh, what are the best natural ways to detox from heavy metals?
0: Number one is get hot twice a week, at least. So, sauna, good sauna. Uh, hot bath with magnesium, Epsom salts is good. So, that twice a week. Being physically active is super important for this. You know, some people say, oh, you can't sweat and detox. You can, it's our primary way of detoxing after the liver. So, you know if you track to see what we actually excrete from sweating you'll see the the composition of it and heavy metals do come out this is why sauna is so good in countries like finland and russia where they don't get a lot of sun all year round and they need to detox they use sauna for a reason so getting hot twice a week is important that can also mean physical activity such as exercise or you know in the bedroom too um, as long as you get hot and sweaty twice a week in my opinion it's it's great the other ways of detoxing are supporting your detox systems. And you have, you know, several phases of detoxification. If you think about your kitchen for a moment, you have the trash, you have the trash can, you have the bins that go outside the house, and you have the dustmen that take it away. This is very similar to how our body works in terms of processes. So we have the trash, we eat the food, we break the stuff down. Do we then excrete that out? And does it go away? And so sometimes things like chlorella binds to these toxins so that you can actually get the trash guys to take it away. Sometimes we are storing more and more toxins in us, which is phase one um, of liver detox. um, And that's why sometimes you need to upregulate those. Now, 40% of us have a genetic component where we don't actually detox correctly. And it's actually down to one specific set of genes called the MTHFR or MTRR, and that's down to methylation. So part of Energy production, red blood cell formulation, and um, detoxification is methylation. Methylation is apparently downregulated in around forty percent of people, and that means that they have an increased need for things like methylfolate. So you need to eat, you know, leafy greens um, for that, or supplement with methylfolate or vitamin B twelve, bioavailable B twelve, not you know the synthetic ones like cyanocobalamin is. Very bad, in my opinion. Methylcobalamin is amazing, and then various other things like trimethylglycine, which is also a methyl donor. So, you know, for so people listening to this, they're probably you know half switched off, saying, "What is this guy talking about? This is super complicated." <laughs> When you start getting to detoxification pathways, so for instance, if you have built up mercury poisoning or lead poisoning or any of these things from your childhood and because you've eaten too much sushi or you've had metal fillings, all these things, and you you do feel like you're not detoxifying properly or people say you need to detox, getting your genes tested by Self-Decode or DNA Fit or Omnos or you know, the DNA company or any one of these.
1: Yeah. There's tons of online.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's there's loads now. Um, We'll tell you if you do have this increased need, if you do go to a health practitioner and say, I have this genetic component called methylation. Can you work with me? And a good functional practitioner will work with you and they will tell you exactly what to supplement to increase your detox pathways so that you detox naturally. So instead of having to go through heavy metal chelation for years and years and years and years, which is grueling. And I've done Ridiculous amounts of it before I understood methylation. You can constantly detoxify properly at the rate everyone else would by working on these processes. So wow. it's complicated, definitely. It, with the right practitioner, it's not. You just got to have the right practitioner.
1: Wow! So forty percent of us have this gene. That's crazy.
0: Or lack of or lack of gene. La- gene. Lack of yeah yeah. We call it a SNP. SNP. S- S- um, so it's a you know a downregulated or missing gene.
1: Wow. And so if someone did want to go get tested, what do they look for if they're looking online or talking to their doctor? Like, what do they say? I want to get tested for X. So
0: the doctor probably won't be able to help them. They probably say, what gene? We we haven't been trained in that yet. It has advanced very quickly, to be fair. And traditional uh, doctors don't talk about this genetic component yet. You just hear the funky stuff in the papers about, you know, people having their breasts removed because they've got a gene, you know, this is the, this is the beginning stage in the traditional mainstream. Um, I would, I would actually listen to a few podcasts on gene, on gene testing and um, look into methylation or MTHFR. So like, yeah, M for Mike, T for Tango, H for hotel, and F for Freddy, R for Romeo. So MTHFR. There's so much stuff out there about it. And it might seem overwhelming. But if you find a functional practitioner, they can generally work with you on it. And it's very easy. And it's it can be life changing. There was one girl I met years ago, who had been suffering with chronic fatigue, brain fog, Her immune system was shot to pieces, she didn't have a period, you know, her life was in tatters, she wanted to give up. She had her genes tested. She had MTHFR gene variation. She worked with a functional practitioner, a friend of mine now, uh, Marek Doyle in the UK. He got her on a methylation protocol, which at that time for her specifically was uh, B12, methylfolate, trimethylglycine, and something else which I can't remember off the top of my head. And her life came back within days. Um, So detoxification, is real, and people on mainstream Instagram that say, "Ah, oh, you don't have to do these detox cleanses and stuff." They really don't understand this stuff, and it's forefront stuff. Even though for me and many biohackers, it's just normal. <laughs> it's just it's it's almost like how can people not know this stuff yet?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and detoxing—it's almost like just giving our body a break. You know, it's just working constantly and constantly, and just giving it that rest period. To really cleanse and detox and rebuild itself, would you recommend massages like lymph node drainage and things like that?
0: Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, I, I have lymphatic drainage myself. I'm a big fan of it. But if you're not doing the basic things, you shouldn't be doing that stuff. I mean, it's expensive to get done. I would say, you know, do you want to go and have a, a lymphatic drainage massage every week or every fortnight or whatever uh, to, to so you can operate normally, or do you want to? have the right nutrition and upregulate those genes. So you do it yourself. I mean, there's the foundational part and then there's the bonus. Yeah. It's like saying, oh, I've got a headache because I'm dehydrated. Let's just take a painkiller. Well, actually you'd want to hydrate first. And then if you don't lose your headache, then you take a painkiller. It's like, Mm -hmm. there's an order of things. So I'm a, but I am a fan of all of these, you know, physical manipulations such as lymphatic drainage. In fact, I have a a rebounder just outside of camera Ah. here, a rebounder in my lounge where my neighbors think I'm absolutely crazy because I rebound every day for five minutes.
1: (laughs) I love it. (laughs) All right, so getting into a few fun things here. So what's your favorite healthy meal to make at home? And do you make every meal at home?
0: Um, I'm traveling six to nine months of the year. So I pick my restaurants selectively. That would be Uh, a no.
1: (laughs) um,
0: When I am at home, I do cook myself for sure. In fact, I love cooking for friends as well. I, I like to keep it simple you know it'd be lamb chops and some green veg or a fillet steak and some green veg or rice and potatoes or some fresh wild fish raw dairy organic vegetables. It's very, I keep it very simple. And currently what I'm playing with at the moment actually is, uh, sauces, just figuring out new sources, using spices and things like that, because, you know, eating the same chicken or the same beef or the same lamb over and over and over again, you know, variety is the spice of life if you can change the variants. And so yeah, I've got various recipe books now for, for sauces. So that's my next, my next thing, but everything's super clean, super simple, single ingredient foods. Um, cause real food is the ingredients the best olive oil I can get, very good butter, raw A2 type 2 dairy.
1: Keeping it simple. I love it. Yeah. You got to. The ingredients speak for themselves. Now, what are your top biohacks that you can give to our listeners today?
0: Good question. I would say if I wasn't on a desert island where there was no fake light, it's the only time if I was on a desert island that I wouldn't need this My number one biohack of all, and this is a massive claim from someone that's been doing this, you know, eleven years now: blue blocking glasses. So, blue blocking glasses are orange or red tinted lenses. If they're see through, they're not cutting out the blue light. (laughs) So, don't let the charlatans sell you their rubbish. Light is more powerful than most people realise, still, and it determines so much. It determines when we wake, when we sleep, determines our energy, and If you are subjected to blue light from our phones, household lights are blue lights as well, have blue in them. After sunset, our body still thinks it's daytime. When we are subjected to blue light, we stop secreting our sleep hormone melatonin. So this is why we wake when sunrise and we should sleep when sun sets. But nowadays, we're playing on devices or have household lighting that has blue light spectrum in it, and our body thinks it's still daytime. So we go to bed when we're literally exhausted. So we're feeling tired when we're exhausted, because we should feel tired within an hour or so of sun going down. So blue blocking glasses. Now, while our skin is photoreceptive, so our skin can tell when it's daytime too, which is why face masks work partly for sleep. But unless you're in a completely blacked out room, you won't sleep all day.
1: Now face masks, you're like eye masks, not the not the uh, virus mask. <laughs>
0: eye, yeah, yeah, eye mask. So blue blocking glasses stop blue light from getting into your eyes. And our eyes are the, pri- eyes are the primary way for our body to know what time of day it is from the, the, the angle and uh, light spectrum. So wearing blue blocking glasses blocks that, which means that you can be in the house walking around at nighttime, you know, late after sunset, and it not affect your sleep too much. People that have had a life of bad sleep or their brain is too active before they get into bed, they start wearing blue blocking glasses and within four or five days, they have the best sleep of their life because they are actually utilizing the sleep hormone melatonin for the first time in a long time. So that would be my number one hack And there's multiple brands out there, uh, out there. RAR Optics, Filter Optics, Lich Blocked, um, Blue Blocks, like you get the drift. There, there, there's many out there.
1: Right, so... If someone has blue blocking glasses and they're not orange or red tinted, they have basically ineffective glasses.
0: Yeah. So the yellow ones, you know, quite yellow, block out about 30% of blue light. Orange ones about 60 to 70, red ones 100. You need to be blocking out 60 to 70%, 550 nanometers ideally, which, talking in tech terms. So blue blocking glasses, number one of everything. Without doubt, this is my non-negotiable, unless I'm out entertaining for whatever reason you know i i don't wear them at the same time i don't wear them because i don't want to fall asleep so <laughs> So number one is that number two is um you know we are majority made of water water is super important for us we can go without eating for a very long time we can't go without drinking for a very long time and five percent dehydration you know decreases um mental capacity by around 30 percent. and you know we only notice dehydration when it's in the small percent so having the right water is important having it filtered because tap water goes through corroded pipes it goes through a really poor system it often has fluoride or other chemicals in it just because the filtering process i mean it's a manufactured product unfortunately and if you actually look at the structure of water you see from from the, the tap it's very poorly structured Whereas when it's reverse osmosis, which is a process, a very, very good process of filtering and remineralized with a little bit of Celtic salt or mineral salt or whatever, then the structure comes back much better and it tastes better and it actually hydrates you because we drink water to hydrate, which is not just for the water, it's for the minerals in it as well, which actually helps our, our blood do its electrical thing. So blue blockers and filter and remineralize your water the next one so number three would be see sunrise and sunset if you can see the sun or see as much natural light as you can on your skin because for reasons mentioned earlier on you need sunlight to convert your hormones into your hormones from the food you eat if you're not getting any sunlight in the morning which tells our body the start of the day you know, light into the eyes is great uh, natural light doesn't have to be direct sunlight it's really important. Sunset is also good, especially if you start wearing blue-blocking glasses and your body starts knowing what time of day it is, waking and getting ready for sleep. And then the last one, uh, so it'll be four or five, with um grounding. I'm a big proponent of grounding. We are electrical creatures, which is why we need electrolytes and all these electrical processes that go on in the body. And, you know, when our heart stops, they use electricity to get it working again. You know, we are electrical creatures.
1: Yeah. Explain what grounding is for those that may not even know.
0: Grounding is when you take your shoes off and stand on grass, soil, sea, a body of water, anything that isn't, what's the word, insulated from the earth. So it could be, you know, could be the tiles out in the garden uh, connected to the earth. And what happens is we get a flow of electrons, free electrons, we call them, from the earth into the body via the skin. And this is let's just think of it this way the sun is the positive of our battery the ground is the negative of the battery and it's it's all to do with lightning of how how lightning strikes the earth and the magnetism and basically the flow of free electrons those free electrons are anti inflammatory they those electrons go on and pair and neutralize free radicals which free radicals are you know a part a byproduct of our energy production but you'll probably hear they're inflammatory anti-inflammatory is what we a lot of us need to take, okay, anti-inflammatory such as ibuprofen or advil or whatever. The m- most abundant and free anti-inflammatory known to man is grounding. You take your shoes off, you get those flow of free electrons into the body, and it neutralizes inflammation. And you can see this on thermography scans before and after, where the inflammation is gone. Many of our diseases today are inflammatory diseases, and it's just because. People aren't grounding enough. There are various other factors that they're super inflamed, you know, from the foods they eat, the oils, whatever, but they're not grounding. And when I ask this, when I give a talk, you know, who here is get, taking their shoes off and been in the grass this week? Usually one, maybe two out of four or 500 people. Wow. So you can use technology to reverse this. For instance, my bed sheets are grounded. I have a Samina sleep, sleep system, which has earthing bed sheets. I also have an earthing mat here, which you can't see uh, off camera, um, which is plugged into the earth point of the, the wall. And that's earthed out, so I'm earthing all day long. And when I'm you know, at one of my uh, friends' homes, or I'm on holiday, or whatever, I'm with my shoes off all the time. Because shoes are rubber, they insulate us from the earth. We're not earthed out. We're not getting those three electrons. We're not reducing inflammation. And we're all getting more and more inflamed. So this is why it's free and easy and one of the biggest wins you can ever do. And that's why it's one of my top biohacks.
1: Wow, I'm so interested in your sheets. I know that I don't never thought I would be so interested in grounding sheets. Um, can you explain what that is and also a grounding mat and where can one get one?
0: So bed sheet, it's just a bed sheet with a silver lining woven into it. And then you use, in, so in England, it's slightly different to a lot of the other places in the world. We have three-point pins uh, for the wall plugs. The top one is just for earthing. Um, and that's connected to a, a copper rod that goes out into the garden, which basically earths out the whole house. In England, we can plug things into the wall, into that plug socket, and it earths out a bed sheet. So you can sleep wow. earth. In America, you can also do this, but you have different electricity systems, so it's not always quite so reliable as it is in England. Usual story about UK versus US in terms of standards, unfortunately, but yeah, but you can get grounding bedsheets and earthing.com is the, the the main brand for it in the US. Um, mm-hmm. And that's run by the guy, Clint Ober, who's the guy that figured all this stuff out originally.
1: All right, earthing.com. Is that where you can... Also get your mat?
0: Yeah, yeah. You can get earth mats uh, uh, grounding mats, you can get yoga mats, I think, these days. Soon there'll be shoes that you're grounded and whatnot. But yeah, the bed sheet, you know, if you think about it, you're in bed for eight hours a day. You only need 20 to 40 minutes of grounding a day, ideally, to reduce the inflammation in your body completely. So if you're earthed out while you're sleeping for seven to eight hours in bed, it's a win. Now, one thing I just want to touch on quickly before I move on from this grounding thing. This is how fundamentally powerful grounding is for health when our cortisol is spiking so stress super high and you're earthed out in the garden you go into the garden when you're super stressed you can watch the cortisol come back down to baseline if your cortisol is super low are you fatigued and you go into the garden and start grounding you can measure your cortisol come back up to baseline so it is one of the best modulators for cortisol and you can measure it and yet when people are stressed, they don't go out and stand in the garden and get your shoes off. So if someone's having an anxiety attack or panic attack or super stressed, go out in the garden, get some grounding in. And ultimately for guys, it will help your testosterone. For women, it help balance your hormones. How cool is that? And how many times have you done it? <laughs>
1: wow. And it's free. Those are all great tips, Tim. And now before we leave here, where can people find you? What's your social media? Pimp yourself out. All that good stuff.
0: On Instagram, Tim Biohacker that's it. And my conference is the Health Optimization Summit, which is in London at the moment, every year in the middle of June, where we have, you know, all of the big speakers such as Jim Quick and Ben Greenfield and Sachin Panda, who actually ran that study I mentioned earlier on, and all the big guys speaking in one place and all the best brands. So yeah, that's every every year in London. Uh, but Tim Biohacker on Instagram is the best place to find me.
1: Great. And then that, that conference is taking place June uh, 17th through the 18th, correct? Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: And you Amazing. can guess if you just Google Health Optimization Summit, you'll see you'll see all the cool stuff.
1: Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Tim, for coming on the show. It was full of so many useful tips and information. We wish you all the best and hope to see you soon. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Digest This. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review in your podcast app to let us know. If you're ever wondering how you can support me and this podcast, sharing it with your friends and family is the best way. This is a resonant media production produced by Drake Peterson and edited by Chris McCone. To email the show, message us at digestthispod at gmail.com. See you next time. The content of the show is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for individual medical and mental health advice and does not constitute a provider-patient relationship. As always, talk to your doctor or health team first.
2: Looking to build a more robust foundation in your health and well-being? From the producer of Digest This comes one of the most popular alternative health shows on Apple Podcasts, The Dr. Tina Show. Dr. Tina Moore is a naturopathic physician and chiropractor, traditionally and alternatively trained in science and medicine. The show features exclusive interviews with experts such as Sean Stevenson, Mike Mutzel, Mark Groves, and even solo episodes covering metabolic health, pharmaceuticals, chronic diseases, long hauler syndrome, and pain management. Dr. Tina delivers the information in a no-nonsense, real-world style, and she has the science to back it up. The Dr. Tina Show is edgy, entertaining, and informative. Every episode will leave you with a new pearl of health wisdom to expand your knowledge base. When you're empowered, you can do better for yourself, your family, and your community. Resilience is the name of the game, and Dr. Tina is here to guide you on your way. Listen to The Dr. Tina Show today on your favorite podcast app. New episodes every Wednesday. Produced by Drake Peterson and Resident Media.